Welcome to Ballistic Radio. Join us as we explore the subtlety and nuance inside the world of personal protection. Listen as industry experts, thought leaders, and pioneers investigate why it depends is the answer of champions. Ballistic Radio, critical thought over empty rhetoric. Ballistic Radio is brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance. Big Tech's Ordinance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at BigTechsOrdinance.com. And now, here's your host. John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at BigTechsOrdinance.com. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com and get the latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments, photos, videos, other things at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. Now, this is kind of an exciting episode for me because I get to one, have one of my really good friends on the show, uh, and we get to make an exciting announcement that's not a show announcement necessarily, but kind of is, you know, I I don't know, but uh, joining me today, it's Kirk. Hey, Kirk. What's up? Hey, how you doing, John? Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. Recovering from uh, this weird virus that seems to be going around, but I'm... uh, I am not dead and I'm not in the hospital. And uh, so I'll, I'll count that as a win. But you've been on the show before. Uh, I've talked about you on the Facebook page and everywhere before, but not everyone knows who you are because you've kept a pretty low profile in all of this, especially relative to what you've kind of accomplished. So I guess let's, let's start with who are you and what do you do? Well, my name is Kirk. I am the least cool guy in the uh, tactical training world. Um, I'm in sales. I sell to people that like guns, don't like guns, everything in between. And so I've always tried to keep, you know, kind of like professional life on one side of the house and then my personal life and my personal interest of, you know, excellence in shooting sports and tactical and defensive shooting kind of in two different, two different pillars. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, that's me. So that is like the, you know, I'm just doing your intro from now on. Um, You (laughs) are probably the only person on the planet that I am aware of. And correct me if I say anything inaccurate. um, You have cleaned the Rogers shooting test from concealment um, multiple times. You have a fast coin. Uh, black belt patch from Scott Jedlinski, uh, multiple turbo pins from Gabe White. You have won the tactical conference match, uh, both the man on man and the paper match, multiple times as well. You're the you're the current reigning champion with that, right? Um, and. You also just recently got your uh, Grandmaster certification and uh, Steel Challenge. Is that correct as well? Uh, well, the complete rundown would be I've got two black belt patches with Sky Jedlinski. I've got two turbo pins with Gabe White. I've got a fast coin. Uh, I cleaned Rogers from concealment three times in one week. And um, I also won the Range Master Tactical Conference in 16, 17, third place in 18. And then I won the paper match and went 9-0 and in the shoot-off last year in 20, 
2021. Right. Um, the third place showing was that the the time that you had sliced your non-dominant hand open and was shooting with a uh, brace on one of your fingers, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, instructions unclear, you know, and I filleted myself uh, about five days before the match. Had to go to the little, you know, little standalone uh, uh, urgent care place and stitch me back together, and it just was not healing right in time for the match. And uh, I uh, before. Pack on 18, uh, I talked to our buddy, mutual friend, uh, Aaron Acklin, and uh, he let me go shoot his range a little bit the day before tack on because I just wanted to see, hey, man, is it possible for me to shoot with this left hand, you know, uh, index finger? And so I fired one shot at the very end of our little, you know, like two hour practice session. And I was like, OK, let me see how I handle it. And it just busted open everything, blood everywhere. And I was like, oh, OK, we're, we're going to have to work something out. <laughs> Right. And, uh, but you know, I lost fair and square. They beat me. Spencer beat me. They did fantastic work. No one yeah. else had rather come third to than two of them. So, yeah, no, that was, uh, I remember that match. I was there. I watched it happen. So I, I say all that to say that, uh, as far as shooting goes, you're pretty okay at it. Um, by anyone's measure. I will also point out that you hold the current, uh, record of either myself, or any of the students uh, with the test with no name, which is something that I run in uh, tests and standards. And you hold the record. I think you beat the previous record by more than a full second. So it's right good. about a second. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then I'm, so. I'm, I'm the co-record holder of the, uh, the uh, casino drill as well. Okay. Okay. So I'll stop talking about all that because I know that you're kind of like, ah, uncomfortable. We're talking about my accomplishments. But I say all that to say is that you have a really good understanding of what it takes to get to a high level of shooting as far as the practice, the mindset, the stuff like that, because you have gotten yourself there. Yeah. Fair. No, perfect. I've, I've set the stage. Um, <laughs> so I guess my first question for you, and I know everyone at the the beginning is like, hey, we're we're making an announcement. Yes, we are. We'll do that later. Right now, we're just going to talk about shooting and nerd stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess what's what's the first thing to keep in mind? Like, if you just want to get real good, like what what is key step number one? Uh, to me, there's no question. It, it's appropriate goal setting. Uh, most people are very confused about what they want. You know, they want things that are like nebulous, like, well, I want to be good or I want to, you know, I mean, there's more grounded ones. Like I want to be able to defend myself or I want this or that. And in my experience, uh, that will get you so far. But if you really want to excel, you have to have a very clear idea of what it is you want, but also why you want it. Like, for example, uh, a mutual friend of ours, introduced me to a young, young man by a chat and he was interested in, you know, getting good at shooting. And I told him, well, like, like what do you want? Right. Like, what, what's your actual goal? And we kind of went back and forth for a while and he had a goal. that's a very lofty goal. I think he really underestimated how hard it's going to be. And I was kind of trying to tell him like, Hey man, like that, that's doable, but like, let's get some stepping stones first. Let's find a way to get there. Right. And I think that's something that a lot of people just don't think very clearly about. Now, is the importance of that 
as far as like that, that goal setting and specific goal setting, is that so that you can structure how you get there appropriately and it's more directed? Has it been your experience that if you have like a big nebulous goal, um, the people end up doing stuff that doesn't actually help them get towards that goal in the moment, or is it just too big of a problem? People get discouraged or, or both. Well, like I'll give you an example. So I've been to Rogers, you know, many times. And uh, my first trip to Rogers, I believe is in about 2015. And when I went there, I intentionally learned nothing about the test. Like I did not want to know just Paul Gomez back in the day told me I need to go there. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get there eventually. 2015 was my chance. And uh, so I went in just completely blind. And my lowest score that week was a, a 105, which is an intermediate. Uh, my next five scores are all advanced. And my high was a 121. And I got the red pin. I got class champ, like barely. And uh, I did pretty good, right? But compare that to someone, let's say Gabe White. Gabe White went once. But before he went, his goal was, hey, I'm probably only going to do this one time. So I want to really make sure I, I put it together and to do the best possible performance at Rogers. And so he did a lot of prep work, really studied the test, really understood it, really did some deep thinking and deep practice on it. And man, he was able to clean it his first visit, which is, you know, very impressive from concealment, first guy to do it. And so you see those two different goals. For me, it was just, I want to test myself. For him, it was, I want to defeat the Roger shooting test. And we both met our goals. I saw where I was at walking in natively, right? But he also got his goal of, hey, I'm going to beat it first time out of the gate, right? Mm -hmm. And the only difference, he and I shoot very similarly. Even back then, he and I shoot very similarly. But he had a much more clear goal going in and had done preparation for it, whereas I was viewing it just as a a blind walk-on test, right? And you see the difference in the results. Right. Right. Well, and that's, and specifically too, for like high level shooters, that makes a lot of sense to me as far as, you know, the different results. And cause I, I re I remember you in 2015. I'm pretty certain we had met by then and shot together by then it was right around then. Um, Tech on 16 is when we met. Was that when it was? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're so good. You're like Johnny on the spot with like dates and figures. Um, it's a, it's that intense, yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's that attention to detail that, uh, that I love about you. So, well, I don't think you'd know better than I would, but at least in 16, when I met you, you were excellent then as far as, and we got about a minute left. So I'll, I'll ask this question. Then you can think about it. Uh, and when we get back from the break, we can discuss it. So what you're talking about right there, as far as like experienced shooters, very good shooters with a specific thing in mind and the different approach and what the results are. What I'm curious about is how that transfers over to beginning shooters or intermediate shooters even. And my question for when we get back from the break is, do you think that it's exactly the same for the beginners or the intermediate shooters, or is there some nuance that gets introduced uh, when we talk about goal setting? So right now we're talking with Kirk and you're listening to ballistic radio.
Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tech's Ordnance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at BigTechsOrdnance.com. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat, makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatterguns since 1977, a legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories, as well as the EDC X9 series of firearms which offers discriminating shooters 1911 match grade accuracy superior ergonomics and concealability with modern service pistol capacity as well as reliability at wilsoncombat.com so we're talking with kirk and i asked you a question which was essentially is there a difference for goal setting um when you're new or kind of in at the middle phase of this compared to when you're at the more advanced phase of this, or is it all the same thing? Uh, I would say, honestly, it's much more important for the beginners uh, and the intermediate people, right? Because we'll, we'll do it backwards. So we'll say for an advanced perspective, like I've been a pretty good shooter for a long time. Uh, I, I learned correctly from the beginning, so I didn't have to really unlearn much. I mean, over the 22 years I've been shooting semi-seriously, like, you, uh, I've had to unlearn specific things, but my core mechanics were right from the beginning, which was really helpful. Um, I didn't realize my potential until TACCON 2016, because I went in just happy to be there, happy to participate, happy to shoot against my rivals and idols and everybody, right? My heroes, the guys whose books I've been reading my whole life. And uh, I won TACCON 16 pretty convincingly. And when I won it, it was kind of like a hit factor scoring. It was like points yep. by time, right? Yep. And when I saw how, how much I'd won it by, I realized, okay, I can be one of the best right now. I just need to keep working at it, right? And that was kind of a big wake-up call for me. It's like I have the potential not just to be good, but I have the potential to be really good if I pursue it. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that are really good. And uh, once you're kind of in that club, there's not much difference between one of us or the other of us. We to be perfectly honest, right? Sure. Some days one guy will win, some days the other guy will win. That's just what it is. Um, for beginning shooters, I actually have a good example. Is I brought some of my coworkers out to a local steel challenge match last weekend, and we had a guy there. It's like his second time shooting a gun, right? And he was struggling. He was working his way through it. And for the last stage, I said, hey, man, let me let me take that iron side gun away from you. Let me hit your dot gun. Because I could see he was struggling with the aiming component of it. And so I just told him, hey, I'm just going to coach you on grip and trigger pull from here on out. Just put the dot where he needed to go. And that last stage, he did like 10 times better, right? And so for a beginning guy like him, my thing was, hey, it's not that dots are necessarily better or different. It's just we're removing variables, right? Mm-hmm. And the problem is when you're new, there's a sea of variables, right? There's well, what's a good gun? Do I keep it loaded? Do I not keep it loaded? Do I carry it? Do I carry around the chamber or not? And the problem is it's very hard for a beginner to distinguish who they should listen to because there's so much information out there. And man, a lot of it's really bad. There's more good information accessible than ever before, but there's also more junk too. And so you're a new person, if you're interested in, you know, defending your family or yourself, or if you're interested in, um, you know, starting to maybe do shooting as a hobby, as something, you know, kind of higher up, you know, uh, Maslow's pyramid, right? Uh, if you're doing something of self-expression you're interested in, you have to really 
realize what you want. Well, do you want to be a good competition shooter? Do you want to protect your family? Do you want to be good at like tactical uh, training world stuff? Like what's that goal? And I think the first place to start is, you know, really piggybacking off the work of Claude Werner with avoiding negative outcomes. The first goal is your involvement with firearms and firearms training should be a value add and a positive to your life, not a negative. And if you buy a gun and you're unsafe with it and you don't know anything about negative outcomes and you don't get training and you don't take it seriously, man, it can mess up your life. It can ruin yeah. your life. Yeah. Right. And people don't realize that. They say, well, I got a gun. I'm good. And it's like, well, maybe, you know, now it's kind of such a random. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. So setting that goal of, hey, I want to be able to check my family. Fantastic. So guns, get your place to start, get some training. But you got to learn about safe storage. You got to learn about negative outcomes. You got to listen to, you know, like ballistic radio, listen to the best people in the industry, give you their opinions. That's where you start. That's much more important than, well, I want to do a two second build drill tomorrow. Like that, that one is not going to happen. And two, it doesn't matter that much. Right. Uh, so the beginners really need to hone in on what's important and they really need to get their goals together early and that's the challenge is how do we do that as a training community how do we help those new people set realistic goals relevant goals and make firearms ownership and their involvement in this community a, a net add to their life and not you know set them up for failure set them up for making their lives worse than if they never had one right and i think that that's something that a lot of people overlook as far as a lot of people get in a lot of people lately, especially, get into guns as some form of risk mitigation. Uh, now, whether or not you know the risk is real or imagined doesn't really matter. Like they're doing it to mitigate the risk of something. And as you sort of noted, when you do that, um, you're not necessarily mitigating risk so much as setting it to random. Like maybe you're good, maybe you're not. And, yeah. and I agree with you completely that if you're introducing any level of new risk in your life and you don't mitigate it, that that is, um, like you said, probably not a net value add. So assuming that <clears throat> people take your advice and they start considering the foundation of all right negative outcomes are a thing and i'd like to avoid those so here's all of the things and steps that i'm going to do to do that as far as the mechanics of shooting go and the mechanics of goal setting inside of shooting where where should people go next um is like what how does that work there's there's a problem in that you have you have a couple different ways you can learn to shoot really you can have you know maybe you're lucky and you know someone like you you know someone like me and we can take you to the range and help you out because you're a buddy right but most people aren't that lucky so you could also have some training from the military or law enforcement uh which are you know perfectly good for their missions right those aren't quite what we're doing is just armed citizens right there's some translation issues there Mm-hmm. Um, you could go into competition shooting. I'm a big, big believer in competition shooting for a variety of reasons, but they get stuff wrong too. I mean, I was having, there's this new, uh, IDPA is talking about allowing appendix carry 
And man, I'm seeing some terrible hot takes from people on this and people who I really respect, right, are just wrong. And these like really high level competitive shooters just don't understand the mechanics of concealed holsters and equipments and techniques because you can just tell like, okay, they had zero hours working on this problem, right? Right. And all their hours doing better shooting don't translate right now. Of course, once they get a gun on the holster, it doesn't matter. They're going to go back to being, you know, the amazing athlete they are. But that's an issue, right? Sure. And so how do you get going? One, I'd say the best bet is take a good pistol class uh, to begin with. That's kind of self-defense, personal protection oriented. So you can get that grounding and, you know, start thinking about things about like the laws of your state, start thinking about things about your personal lines in the sand and what's worth, you know, and what's worth risking your life and fortune over, right? And um, you can start thinking about this from a, hey, how does my gun work? How do I know if it's loaded? How do I know it's unloaded? How do I make it loaded if I want that or make it unloaded if I want that? All that stuff's really, really important to get started with and grounded with in the beginning. After that, it's kind of the hard part because you go to the two-day class or the one-day class or whatever, and you're kind of like, okay, now what? Well, your best bet from there really from skill building is dry fire. And there's a lot of great resources out there in that. Uh, you know, Steve Anderson's got his books. Uh, I'm a big partisan of the Ben Steger's dry fire books. I believe in those very strongly. Annette Evans has a fantastic dry fire book also. And you can pick one of those up and kind of start that process. For me, the next step after you've done a good two-day class and do, you know, a refresher, you know, once a year, once every other year, you know, whatever your finances and interests can afford. After that, you have to find a way to learn how to shoot that's not prohibitively expensive and, you know, like sparks joy, you know, in the Marie Kondo sense. Yeah. And for me, competition shooting is a great way to get there because, you know, I especially like Steel Challenge because you can take an average guy that doesn't know much. Bring him to steel challenge match and he can have fun and find it challenging and also see what like, you know, a better level shooter looks like. But it also gives him very granular goals like, hey, I like my smoking up time in three seconds or something like that. It's very easy to study, easy to practice, easy to dry fire. And I like that because it's kind of hard. You know, there's a big gulf between the skill level of most of the top competitive shooters and most of the top, you know, tactical guys, self-defense guys. Right. And I think part of that is. A lot of the tactical self-defense guys get so wrapped up in, well, this match, it's not perfect, and it's not like in the streets or whatever. And so they don't really have a framework for getting better over time. You know, they'll go and work on what they know how to work on, but that, that's kind of it. Whereas in the shooting sports, man, you can always get better. There's always your, your, the guys, your rivals are getting better than you every week. They're working at it. You know? They're pushing you. You have metrics. You have a lot of people thinking and talking and working on it. And you can go and shoot every week you know, and work on specific skill sets. And that's just harder to do if you're just doing it via training classes. But you also don't want to just do competition where now you don't know how to carry a gun, seal gun, you don't know the laws, you don't know about negative outcomes, you don't know, you have never done any force on force, something like that. So it's kind of trying to find a balance between the two to get the best result possible. Right. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more. We have to go to break, uh, but I I want to... I want to explore this a little bit. Right now, we're talking with Kirk. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tech's Ordnance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at bigtechsordnance.com. 
This segment also brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance. Big Tech's Ordinance is the best place for you to find all of your everyday carry needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe you need all the candela from ModLight at the lowest price? No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room and now you need an optic on your pistol? Hey, they've got those and they don't judge. Glock accessories. Yes, fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, Big Tech's Ordinance has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike. Everybody likes Ike, and you'll like Ike, too. Visit BigTechsOrdinance.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. So you were we're talking with Kirk. You were, you were saying, you know, essentially <clears throat> how performance tracking fits into stuff and how competitive shooting sort of adds that level of performance tracking that is necessary to get really good, but also the importance of joining that with an understanding of like, here's actually how you carry a gun, live with a gun. Negative outcomes are still a thing. Um, Avoidance is a thing, like all of these other pieces and sort of taking the approach from, from all different sides and how that can be incredibly important. I guess my next question, sort of building off of that a little bit, is when we're talking about realistic goal setting and appropriate goal setting, and you know, it's easy to say, well, I want to be good, but how important is it to be able to break down the pieces of what good looks like as far as like the actual mechanical pieces of, well, this is my idea of good. And here's actually each step of that. um, And here's where it needs to be at to meet my idea of good. Uh, I think that goes back to kind of the conversation I was having with a friend of a friend earlier is you've got to kind of decide, do you want to be a generalist or a specialist? Um, I consider myself a generalist. I'm not a specialist in USBSA, IDPA, Steel Challenge, Bullseye, you know, Mastering B8s, whatever. I'm not a specialist in any one thing, but you can drop me in any of those environments and I'll be pretty good, Right. Uh, if your goal is saying, hey, I just want to be a USPSA GM, that's all I care about, well then, man, there's a lot of things you really need to focus on that I don't really care about, and then vice versa. There's probably a lot of things I'm focusing on that don't matter for your pursuit, right? So again, it gets back to clear goal setting, and I really like the idea for you know beginners. I think a very great way for the beginner to look at it is like, okay, can I go to a range and not have to buy anything while I'm there. Like that's a great place to start. Like, hey, do I own a gun? Do I own a gun case? Do I have a magazine? Do I have some ammo? Do I have iPro? Do I have EarPro? Do I have targets, right? Like stuff like that. And you can get like that small and that simple. And then you can say, hey, I want to go to a IDPA match and not DQ. That's my goal. I just want to go to a match and not get kicked out of the match, right? I don't care if I get first place, last place. I just want to show up and, you know, attend, right? That kind of goal setting is really important. And I think a lot of people get way ahead of themselves. Like when I started shooting USPSA, you know, somewhat seriously a few years ago, I, my, my initial goal was don't, don't, don't get DQ. 
That's it. I do not care about how I place, right? And then my goals become, all right, well, this guy's about as good as me. I want to beat him next month. Okay, and we shot four matches. I beat him all four matches. Cool. Now this other guy's better in my club. I want to beat him next month. And you can kind of like micro goals like that. But I think most people, when they're starting off, they want to set really big, really long-term goals. And you're much better served with short, simple, actionable, objective goals versus, you know, feelings and self-worth and stuff that's more nebulous. Well, and I'm actually glad you brought that up because that brings me to exactly it. it we couldn't have planned this segue better. Um, how comfortable with failure do you need to be to get good at something? I have failed so many times. Like someone, I won't name names, but someone's trying to razz me today. Oh, well, you know, because things coming up, it's going to be tough. I'm just like, you win or lose and it's fine like like i've lost a lot you know what i mean like i lost tech on 18 i've lost you know i just uh shot with scott jones the other week i blew my opportunity my third black belt patch you know things like that happen right if you're not losing it means you're not putting yourself out there because if you only put yourself in things that you always win that means you're setting very tame goals for yourself you're 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 like this little house cat that thinks he's a lion you know what i mean if right. you're not putting yourself out there, things that you're scared of and things that, man, I don't know, we're going to do our best. But, you know, you have to have that balance. You have to have self-confidence and believe in yourself. But at the same time, you don't want to just make yourself into this false idol that, oh, I'm great, but I never do anything. You know, there's a lot of Instagram guys that like they look like they shoot cool on Instagram, but they don't go anywhere and they don't do anything. Right. Yeah. Because it's more about marketing than it is about actually being the thing it's like relying from where the gun everybody wants to talk about being criminal no one wants to be crying like it's that right. conversation do you want to actually be good at shooting or do you want your peer group to think you're good at shooting those are two very different things when it strikes me too and i don't know about you but i can say this from my personal experience especially my personal experience when i was more interested in improvement than you know I am today in this moment sitting in this chair, you know, and who knows what will happen. But for me, I didn't ever really learn a ton whenever I won or did something cool. I mean, I learned I could do it and there's value in that. I don't want to say there isn't value in that, but as far as like the actual lessons that I have learned in a class or anywhere, um, the most useful ones to me, for me, again, and everyone's different, came from failing at something and seeing how that failure occurred. Uh, how about for you? A, a, a perfect example is my experience with Rogers, right? So the first time I go in, I go in completely blind. I am just to test myself. You know, I, you know, I read uh, a book of five rings at an impressionable age. And so, you know, I'm very into that idea of like, I want to throw myself at a challenge to see what happens. Um, but then I went back to the second time. I was like, man, I'm going to do this. Like I'm, I can beat it. I got a 121, not knowing what I was doing. So man, it's not that far from 125, but I didn't know how to really be a competitor yet. My second trip, I didn't know the basic things you got to understand. I didn't dot my eyes and cross my T's. I did some generalized training. I didn't really do much visualization work. I, uh, more important than anything, I didn't realize how important having your gear completely ironed out was. So I get there the second time and my shooting's on point. Like I know the test much better. I'm much more familiar, right? 
but I'm fighting my gear the entire time. And you just don't have time to clear malfunctions at Rogers and get a, get a perfect score. It's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah. And so it didn't happen. My high score is a 124. Right. So failed again. Um, next couple of times I went back, I got promoted to work. So I didn't have any time to practice. So it was more just a social trip with my friends. Right. When I went this year, my goal was, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to take down Rogers. Cause when I went, in 2020, I uh, got that was the last call we had was right after I was leaving Rogers in 2020. Was I'd gotten two 123s and four 124s, so I've been right there on the the cusp of 125. And so I told myself, nope, we're going to get it next year, you know, because that year I didn't prep like I should have. It was again more of a social trip. So I said, okay. well, I'm going 21, no more social trips. I'm I'm doing this to to win, right? And I studied every single day between Rogers 20 and Rogers 21. I, you know, I printed a blow of, you know, a poster size image of the Rogers, you know, test I could drive fire on with all the head plates up. I memorized the tests. I did the whole thing. And so when I went back, uh, it all came together, you know, and I was going through a lot of stress at the time. You know, my, my father had just had a, just had a, what we thought at the time was a stroke. Uh, he'd been released back home. We're working with neuros and stuff. So I'm like, man, I'm going to go to Rogers. I'm going to knock it out for dad. I'm going to come back and kind of go to this next phase of life with, with my old man. So I was even more, you know, dedicated to, I'm not coming here just to hang out. I'm coming here to do it. Right. And, uh, I cleaned it my first day. You know, I cleaned it on Monday. I think I'm probably the only guy that's ever cleaned it on Monday. And, uh, I cleaned it again on Tuesday. Wednesday, uh, I made an error that I learned from. I didn't know the details of the rules and I cleared a gun in a way that's against the rules. And so I ended up dropping one shot. And uh, then on Thursday, I cleaned it twice. Thursday night, my dad had a health downturn. I had to go home, so I didn't get a shoot on Friday. But I went in there with all of the knowledge that I needed to put it together with the practice I needed to put together. And I went there serious, right? Like, you know, my it wasn't just my brain, but it was my, I don't know, I want to say soul, soul energy, whatever. I was fully committed to doing it. And that's important too. Well, and that all stemmed from the previous times that you didn't succeed. Like it was yeah. all stuff you learned there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to go to break. And then I guess we'll, we'll tell them our news and, and, you know, maybe talk about that a little bit. Um, but right now we're talking with Kirk. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tech's Ordnance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at bigtechsordnance.com. So I'm talking with Kirk. We said we had an announcement. Um, did do I do the thing? Do I make the announcement or do you make the announcement? How does this work? So uh, you make the announcement, then I'll announce your announcement. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> I think I've been harassing you for two or three years now. I don't quite know um, how long it's been, but you know, for those that don't know, I, I happen to teach with an amazing group of individuals uh, at a company called Citizens Defense Research. And the thing that I think is cool about that um, is we all have wildly different perspectives. 
um, all care deeply uh, about the students and their pursuit of knowledge and specifically are trying to create critical thinkers that can um, sort of look at information in, in regard to all of this and make their own decisions about how it fits into their life and can really create their own unique practice, uh, you know, however, however you want to call it. And it's not a dogmatic thing. Uh, and I really am truly gifted and lucky that I've gotten to work with that group of people. And one of the people that I very much have always wanted to work with uh, since I've known you, and especially since we've gotten to be friends, and I have seen how deeply you think about this, uh, would be you, Mr. Kirk. And I think I might have finally gotten you to say yes, and you're going to be coming on to CDR and teaching uh, some classes with us as your schedule allows. So I guess, is that the official announcement? That was, that, that was not as uh, proclamation-y as I guess it could have been, but. I'm, I'm, I'm looking around for confetti and balloons and, you know, I don't, I don't see anything yet, man. No, uh, no for me, uh, I'll tell you one of the reasons um, that I've resisted, because people have been asking me to teach for a long time. And uh, I'd always kind of put it aside because, you know, there's so many good people out there, you know, it's almost like, man, do we really need another guy out there to teach classes? You know, there's so many excellent people. Um, and I also wanted to make sure I was prepared and felt ready to contribute and not just, you know, I don't want to just show up and do okay. Like, I don't, I don't really like half measures. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it hundred mm-hmm. percent. And I wanted to make sure I felt that I had something to say in a, you know, a perspective that was unique and could be a value add for the community and i think i have that and uh so i'm very much looking forward to you know co-teaching with you and doing some classes and my schedule allows you know this this is i still have my full-time profession right right but uh i've gotten so much from this amazing community that i really look forward to you know trying to contribute a little bit more and uh you know i can't think of any uh group of people i'd rather work with uh than you and Melody and Chris and the crew, and uh, I'm really looking forward to you know adding my little piece to help and my little bit to the awesome organization you have. Um, with that, I'm also starting a uh, shooting blog uh, that y'all can look at. It's not put together yet because you know I'm too busy, <laughs> but uh, I'm getting it. I'm getting it all put together. You can find me at uh, Cryptid Endeavors uh, on WordPress. We're getting that put together. And, uh, you know, I'll probably do a little bit of, you know, small class, one-on-one stuff, small group stuff uh, under that, that as well. So, you know, come do some CDR in, you know, South Central United States. And, uh, you know, if you're in that area too, look me up. I'm happy to help. I think where I have a perspective that's, you know, uh, can, can be of use to the community is I think that I am not a cool guy, right? Like I'm not a cop or soldier or anything like that. I'm just a normal dude, but I'm a normal dude that has trained with everybody. And I think pretty thoughtfully. And uh, I've just had this desire to excel in shooting from a personal protection context that has taken me pretty far and let me do some things that are really neat. And I would like to help other people who are interested in doing that, do that. 
but I'd also like to help the new people, the normal people, the average people that want to, you know, just help themselves and help their family. I want to help them do that in the most intelligent, effective, cost-effective way possible as well. Right. Um, and for everyone listening, I know the, the question is going to be, when's Kirk's first class with CDR? Uh, right now, it's not, it, it probably actually will be on the schedule by the time this episode drops in a day or two. Um, but we're looking at October 14th and 15th. Um, it'll be myself, uh, you and Melody, who is an amazing diagnostician, uh, teaching tests and standards down in South Texas. Um, and it should be on a really, really amazing time. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I just, I want to say, um, just how appreciative, appreciative I am that I finally wore you down and got you to say yes, uh, because I've been trying for a while. I've been trying for a while and it does, uh, it does mean a lot to me and I'm, I'm super excited. And I know I speak for, uh, Melody and Chris as well, uh, that we all are now a question. Cause we have, we have a couple of minutes left in the show but a question that i have for you and i don't you know i know i talk about it and i know that you know you and i have talked about it but the question of mindset as far as outlooks on life and specifically how it impacts performance what benefit do you think you have gotten specifically from your academic background um because you uh are a pretty well-read guy um but what benefit have you gotten from your thinking and your very you know deep exploration of those sorts of topics like how has that affected your shooting well for me uh those who don't know, my background is I have a, an undergrad. I double majored in political science and philosophy. And then in, uh, I went to grad school at one of the best liberal arts colleges in the world. And I got my master's in liberal arts. So I got to do a lot of different subjects with world-class people. And, you know, I mean, originally my original life plan was I was going to go be a philosophy professor somewhere, but you know, I got called into a luxurious world of sales and here I am. Right. Yeah. And uh, so for me, I view, my perspectives on life are, of course, formed by my individual life experiences, friends, family, things like that. But the other three pillars are, you know, my time in jiu-jitsu. I'm a lapsed Brazilian jiu-jitsu purple belt. You know, my time in the shooting community and things I've learned there. But also my time in academia and my continued engagement with, you know, the classics and uh, philosophy. And I'll tell you, I think there was just some part of myself at the beginning of this year was like, you know what, you need to start reading again. And so, you know, I've been reading my Jacques Barzon Nietzsche and Søren Kierkegaard and uh, Simone Weiss, someone I've been reading a lot lately too. And just some part of myself knew this was going to be a year I needed to reinforce myself uh, with some deep reading. And it came just in time with, you know, uh, my dad's health downturn, which is, you know, pretty big nightmare. But uh, Jacques Barzan is a great, great writer, kind of forgotten thinker, but he's one of the brightest lights of Western civilization, in my opinion. He talks about how, um, having a grounding in the classics it doesn't make you a better person it doesn't make you smarter it doesn't make you more capable you know whatever i mean because there's a lot of people that have that are still you know pretty uh 
not awesome, right? Yeah. But what it gives you is it gives you a, a certain amount of perspective. It gives you a vantage point outside of yourself, an advantage point that's measured in, you know, millennia and centuries, not just what's going on in your life this week and what did the hate box tell you to be mad at today and, you know, you know, your gene scrolling or whatever. It gives you a perspective on like, you know, well, what would EBT to say about this? Or, you know, like, how does this fit in with, you know, this or that or the other? And it gives you the ability to kind of look at things from the outside and hopefully give yourself some humility and knowing that, you know, all of us are deeply flawed and um, none of us has all the answers. And it's very tempting to think that you do, right? Because at the same time, we're stuck between the finite and the infinite. So we're flawed, but we also have some spark in us. Our ability to think about the world and think beyond ourselves and use our mind uh, separates us from the other animals, right? And so we have the spark of divinity. And so there's that tension uh, the character identifies very well between the infinite power of our mind and our you know relationship of self, but also between our finitude and our failures as you know limited beings in a you know scary and weird world, right? And so I've taken that with me everywhere in business, in uh, shooting and martial arts, and they all kind of reinforce each other. At the end of the day, you are your collected life experiences, not just what you've been through. But if you want more than that, the only way you're going to do it is reading, right? And reading good stuff, not the same two or three people over and over, but, you know, having a broad, voracious view of the world and trying to, you know, engage with the best minds there have been is infinitely rewarding doesn't solve your problems it doesn't make you better than anyone else but it gives you a certain degree of perspective that i think is highly valuable well and i really think that there is an argument that could be made that given the ethereal nature of existence um that seeking experience and being open to experience is probably one of the more important things uh, that we can do as humans. And one of the, you know, and, and now everyone's like, well, what are they talking about shooting still? Yes, we yes. are. Yes, because, we are. Because um, look, you're going to go to classes sometimes and you're not going to do well. In fact, it might be a really negative emotional bookmark for you for a time but that doesn't mean that overall it can't make you a better stronger person um and whatever aspect of your life you're thinking about if you are afraid of the potential bad thing you will never ever ever get any of the potential good things and there's a delicate balance and i'm not saying go and be reckless and you know do that sort of thing but there are a lot of people that just operate from this you know so much of their identity is tied up into certain aspects of themselves that you know these shouldn't be things that are an identity they should be things that enrich your identity and enrich your experience and i think learning uh, and being curious is one of the coolest things about us. Um, and I would strongly urge everyone to, you know, just, hey, it's going to be okay. Uh, it's going to be okay. And you can be more than you are today. 
anyway, this this took like a weird deep turn. Uh, I know, I'm, of, I'm into it. Let's go. I, we don't need stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that'll be the next episode. We're we're up at the uh, the end of the show. So when the blog goes up, uh, where is what what's that address going to be again? And say it slow for the people in back. It's going to be cryptid endeavors.com that's cryptid c-r-y-p-t-i-d endeavors like endeavor.com uh came up with that name because you know someone was joking with me about like you were the least known best shooter in the shooting community you're like some kind of cryptid some kind of bigfoot out in the woods doing stuff and i like that idea i like it about not just being about you know like narcissism and self-worship and look at me i'm amazing it's more like hey i wanted to go do cool stuff and you know if someone notices or not that's fine but i'm doing it for me and so yeah. i like that idea and i endeavor i'm always endeavoring some new thing you know after i did all the tactical stuff last year i was like all right well time to get my seal challenge gm and so i got my seal challenge gm what about a week ago and uh now i'm working on my second and then you know really the last big accomplishment after that is usbsa gm and i'm most of the way there on that too right and uh, what I imagine is a bunch of people trying to be great white sharks and you're just in the deep waters trying to be a great old one. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that's pretty legit. Kirk, dude, I love you, man. I am so excited for the stuff that we're going to be doing. Uh, and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come talk to us and make this official. It, it really super cool. I'm super excited. You know, I look forward to contributing and hopefully we can help some folks out and uh, have a good time doing it. And if we're all lucky, you know, our interest in this subject will be purely academic and the eccentricity we talk about when we're old, right? That's the goal. Yeah, that is the goal. That is the goal. Hey, man, enjoy the rest of your day. Be safe. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right. Make sure you check out our website, ballisticradio.com, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ballisticradio. And hey... If you think we've earned it, please keep leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe and see you next week. Don't drop me.